Wanna whisper in your ear that you're, that you're good enough I wanna change the way you see you, you're strong enough Say them not know that you got more than meets the eyes And them not see you making stride When you cannot produce, it causes you major frustration It's because your heart's capacity to produce, to create is limitless. So when they tell you you're in a recession, it just doesn't sit well with you because you have an unquenchable appetite to produce. And prayer gives your heart exactly what it needs to produce if you do it right. Welcome to Queen Tings. I am LaShawn Brooks, your friend and therapeutic coach. I advocate for your life and your business progress. So let's feed your heart, queen, so you can authentically express who you are, create wealth, and surround yourself with people that love and support your purpose. That is why our podcast title has the money symbol at the end. It's because I want to see you thrive in life, but I also want to see you create wealth for your children's children. Now, today we are stepping into the thick of it. We're talking about how to pray and how not to pray. I have dedicated the podcast to talking about prayer for the rest of the year because your heart is the production center of your life and prayer is oxygen for your heart. Without prayer, life and business production slow down. Now, you may beg to differ. You may be producing in a way that you think is optimal right now, but I dare you to put a prayer on it and things will increase even more and they'll also be sustained. See, prayer is about creating, but it's also about sustaining. As leading women in business and ministry, we often create. It's in our nature to do so. We create, our prayers get answered, but we don't continue long enough to allow our hearts to produce the system to sustain what we've created. Let me say that to you again. We often create, we know how to make things happen. We also know very well how to make ends meet. We know how to create something on a whim. We get our prayers answered, but we don't always know the system. We don't stay long enough in prayer to produce the system, the pattern that we need to sustain what we've created and take it to the next level. And that has a lot to do with our confidence, but we'll talk about that in the next episode. Now, listen, I want you to take in this episode a few times because we're laying a foundation here and I'm going to be dropping some wisdom that I have not shared with anyone yet. So you get the exclusive download on this matter. You ready? I want you to write this down. We can only pray what our hearts can see. We can only pray out what our hearts can see. If our hearts are cluttered with trauma, with offenses, with injuries that keep us feeling low, low self-esteem, shame, or too prideful or hurt to be vulnerable. Um, Our hearts get bogged down with busyness and with doing things to force life or business to work 
When we do those things, we cannot see. Our hearts won't see what they need to see to produce. And so to be able to produce like you have the ability to do on the level where you sustain that production, you need to be able to see clearly. And you can't do that when your heart is filled with trauma, offenses, injuries. The result is trauma-infused prayers which cause choppy results and inconsistent answers. And that leads to a lack of fulfillment. It leads to having to numb or cope with our pain and our problems through pretending that what we created is actually working well. So it looks like I started the business, the business is going good, we have this big boom, but we didn't stay long enough to get the system to keep this thing that we created sustained, right? It's not being sustained. We don't know how to take it to the next level because we didn't spend enough time peeking through the eyes of our hearts in the future far enough to see where this thing needs to go. So now I've got to numb it. I've got to numb the pain of this thing not working right. I've got to numb my problems through pretending that it's actually working. I got to take Instagram photos that make it look like this thing is continuing to work when it's not really working at all. In those moments, we feel deserted by God and we question whether we really heard from God in the first place. We question if our business and the way our lives are set up was actually a bad idea. Maybe I ate too much. You know, we start questioning, did I hear correctly? Did I have too much pizza on the night that I had the dream of getting my family out of debt, of of breaking those patterns, those generational patterns of poverty? Did I have too much pizza that night? (laughs) When I had the dream of retiring my parents and retiring my spouse, the dream of paying my own children to use their creativity in my company and in their own companies. Was I, was I tripping when I had that dream? We start questioning these things and then we have to cope through the use of, of, there are many times we have to, we have to cope through using drugs, you know, prescription pills. And some of us use medical marijuana and that's cool. Recreational marijuana is cool. But when we start using marijuana to cope and cover up the pain that's really there, then we start, we start pushing the limit there. We start using sex, excessive TV, binging in the name of rest, eating stuff we haven't had in forever and other addictions. Why? Because we got to cope. We got to numb. And the crazy thing is we also numb through our religious practices. We start thinking that God is holding something back from us because he wants to teach us something. No, all of the good things that we have that are in store for our lives, they're stored up for us. They're waiting on us to create and to sustain. And so and we have uh, particular prayers that create emotional releases, right? So we create these emotional moments of release without really putting in the work to heal the disappointment of not having what we truly desire. 
we start using our religious practices to numb ourselves and numb our pain so we don't have to really deal with the reality that what we created is not really working and guess what we'll keep going down this trail for years which positions us at average the place that we really don't want to be in we don't want to be average that's why we stepped out on faith in the first place but things are below the standard that we hope for. You caught a glimpse of a bigger and a better life. You went for it. But now it feels like you're cursed to stay stuck at average. And sometimes our prayers are answered by having the right people within reach. But we won't even reach out because our traumas, our injuries, our shame, our belief that we are a special case that God has to figure out like a Rubik's cube keeps us from even reaching out to those that we have within our reach. So how do we get unstuck? How do we get out of the rut of creating something, but now we don't even know how to sustain it? We got into the marriage, but now we don't even know how to sustain the marriage that we're engaged in. We don't know how to raise these children that we felt we were supposed to have. And some that came, you know, un- <laughs> unexpectedly, right? How do we manage? How do we get out of the rut of feeling helpless when we know we caught a glimpse of where we are headed? Now, first I wanna, let's, let's go into how not to pray in these moments, all right? Number one, how not to pray in these moments, is we are not to beg God to rescue us. Once again, like if you just get me out of this, I promise, I promise I'm going to give all of my money to a church. I'm going to give all of my money to to charity. Just get us out of this rut. No, 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 no. (laughs) Don't pray like that. Why? Why are we to just ask for more money so we can handle our bills and our payroll? Like, do we beg for the things that were already provided for us? Yeah. And sometimes we feel like we need to go back to that space, repeatedly begging for what has already been provided. And you don't need to do that. Do we, number two, prepare ourselves for spiritual warfare? And pray, yelling at the top of our lungs for Satan to cease and desist until our neighbors get unhinged with all of our commotion. (laughs) We start putting on war paint, right? And we start getting loud thinking that now we have to become boisterous to start fighting an unseen enemy. No, don't pray like that. And number three, do we fast so that we can move the hand of God? We just need to shut down all eating so we can push God to do what he already predisposed himself to do. Do we need to go on a 40-day fast so things can start producing again? Now, I am not not saying that you can't pour your heart out to God. 
And we'll get into that in a moment. You have to, it's good to pour your heart, pour your mind out to God. All of that is good. But fasting to move the hand of God, to do something he has already predisposed himself to do is not going to cut it. Now, when we go into prayer, now we talk about real deal prayer. We are not going in to beg a king as a pauper. We do not go in as paupers to engage a king. We go in as queens. Yes. So now we are sitting eye to eye with the one we love rather than bowing at his feet. Now, do we honor? Do we worship? Absolutely. But when we're talking business, when we're talking life progress, we need to be seeing eye to eye. God did not do all that he has done for you to create slaves. He didn't want servants. He has done all that he has done for you. Why? Because he wants friends, people, queens that can see eye to eye with him rather than trying to beg him by kissing his feet. All right. I know I just threw a whole lot on you, but I want you to catch this. That's why I want you to listen to this a couple of times in a row so it can get deep down in your heart because I want you to rise to the level of queen that you were born to be. Now let's talk about how we should pray. We said how we don't need to pray, right? We don't need to beg to be rescued once again. We don't need to try to beg for God to give us another witty invention, another ideal. No, that's not what we're doing. We don't need to prepare ourselves for spiritual warfare. And go, No, and we don't need to fast to move the hand of God. Fasting moves your heart, not God's. Because his heart is already set up to do what he said he was going to do. And he does not move from his original intent for your life or your business. So if your business started out as a word from God in your heart, it started out as a God idea. He, his mind has not changed. He doesn't change his mind. What happens is we don't stay long enough to get the system to sustain what he spoke in the first place. So how should we pray? Now, it helps a lot when you can get into a quiet space, settle your heart and your mind as much as possible. But even if you cannot get into the quietest space, this a lot of times people will say, well, I can't pray because you know I don't have a lot of quiet time. I don't really have the time. Listen, you can do this in the shower. You can do this getting your clothes ready in the morning, wherever you are. Pray. You might be the mom of an infant. You might have little toddlers running around. Or your life may be extremely hectic. Don't let that stop you from allowing your heart to pray. You can do this anywhere, right? But I, I do want you to make quiet space your goal. So you can be sitting in front of someone having a meeting and in your heart, you're, you're praying right on the spot. You're listening to what's going on, but you are present in two different realms. Okay. All right. We'll get into more of that as we go. Number one, when you pray, ask for open eyes so that you can see 
what has already been provided for the current situation. As I said before, God has already predisposed himself to do what he promised you. The promise has not changed. What happens is our hearts get cluttered. Our hearts get cluttered, as I said, with trauma, with all of these different things, things that we need to be vulnerable about. So he has already predisposed himself for the current situation. So it's up to you to pray and ask for open eyes. If you know anything about the character of God, you know that before the need arises, the answer has already been given. We just need to practice our awareness that the answer has already arrived. Number two, pray beyond your need. I'll say that again. Pray beyond your need. Your heart was never meant to dwell on what you need. That's why focusing on what you need creates worry, trauma, shame, self-doubt. All the things that hinder your heart from seeing correctly, they need to be pushed aside and dealt with so you can see. So your prayers won't be trauma infused. So we need to push aside needs. Do we need to, you need to write down your needs so you can get them off your heart. That's fine. But there is an amazing scripture that I absolutely love. It's Matthew 6 and 33. And it says that you and I are not to spend our time repeating prayers about what we need. Instead, we're supposed to seek or become aware of the kingdom that is already present, the answers. The kingdom of God is within arm's reach for you. It is present right there in your living room, in your car, in the shower with you, wherever you need to go. The answers, the wisdom is already present. But now we need to become aware, right? So I want you to pray beyond your need. How do I pray beyond my need? I need to start seeing beyond the things that I need. Yes? So I may need to pay a very high tax bill, right? Let's say my tax bill is $18,000. Yes, oh God. Instead of praying, oh God, help us with this tax bill. Instead of going there, start to pray about the charities that you wanna give to for the year. I want to give beyond this 18,000. I want more than that. I, I want to build schools, I want to make sure that the children in Panama can eat and have gifts this Christmas. That goes beyond the $18,000 tax bill. When you start to see beyond where you are, you will tap into prayer that takes you beyond your need. So number two, pray beyond your need. Number three, Okay, even if your prayers are trauma infused, know that your heart is heard anyway. You've just got to do the work to clear the clutter so you can see the answers and how to sustain them. And how do we do that? How do we do that? We start to study the word of God more. We start, to, we start to listen to the word of God more. Why? Because it cuts through between what is emotions 
and what your spirit is saying. So to be able to see what your heart wants to see, what your spirit wants to see, to allow God time to paint his pictures on your imagination, you're going to have to clear out the clutter. It's just like sweeping the kitchen floor. The kitchen floor is not going to be sweeped out through prayer. I don't care. You can pray until you are blue in the face. The breadcrumbs on the kitchen floor are going nowhere until you sweep. And it is the same for your mental health. The crumbs, the clutter, all of the stuff that's going on in your mind, it is not going anywhere until you clear out the clutter. And so it's important that as you pray, as you ask for open eyes, as you pray beyond your need, because when you start praying this way, you're also going to see those things that hinder you. And sometimes we think they're distractions as we're praying, but they're not distractions. No, God is reminding you that you have an ought, you have an offense against someone, you have something in your heart that is a pain. You start thinking about your mom all of a sudden for some reason, and you think you're being distracted from prayer, but no, God is showing you that you need to forgive. And that's cluttering your ability to see the next level of finances that are coming in. Oh yeah, we're in the thick of it, okay? (laughs) I love this. I love teaching on prayer. Number four, pray from your heart, not your head alone, all right? As you do these things, your goal is to get into your heart. Now, now the, the amazing thing is this. The amazing thing is this. When you start practicing prayer from your heart, you will become skillful at going to your heart from the start. At first, you'll start off in your head. But the goal is to become a heart prayer, right? You'll start off in your head as you're practicing. But after a while, you'll be able to tap into your heart at just, I mean, just right away. All right. So of course we start off with what's on our minds, but we don't stay there. We pray until our hearts are engaged. Now, let me make this clear. When you tap into what your heart is desiring, you might shed a few tears, but this can also be done without tears. So your goal is not to cry and have an emotional fest. If that happens, great, but that's not your goal. Okay. In coaching, we ask the same question over and over, like what's good about you? Or we'll ask the question, why did you start your business? We'll ask those questions over and over again of our coaching clients. Why? Because we want to get them out of their heads and into their hearts because that's where the real creating happens. That's where the real production takes place, right? But that's also where the real prayer happens. Yes. Listen, God spoke to Abram while he was sleeping, right? Remember in the Bible where God, he wanted to cut covenant with Abram and give Abram this huge promise that made absolutely no sense, right? Because of his age. I want to give you a child. I want to, I want to make you uh, um, world known. I want your children, your descendants 
to be as many as the stars in the sky. I mean, this outlandish promise. And God wanted Abram to see this. So guess what he did? What he did? He put him to sleep. Because he was painting pictures on Abram's heart. Right? And then he made a covenant with his heart. It wasn't based on Abram's knowledge and the ins and outs of the covenant. It was based upon God's knowledge of what he spoke. So God just needs your heart's involvement. That's why prayer is oxygen. Prayer begins to feed your heart with the oxygen it needs. Why? Because when your heart is filled, then you'll be able to begin painting that picture in the natural of what God painted on your heart. And sometimes what's being painted on your heart looks different from what's in your head. That's why practicing prayer to the point where you know how to tap into your heart immediately is vital for you as a businesswoman, as a woman in ministry, as entrepreneurs, as, as women in professional areas, in careers where God wants to set you up in in spaces where people need you for wisdom, you've got to be able to tap into your heart at any given moment, not just your mind, right? When my mom was in the hospital overnight, right? This was um, the next morning I was going to learn that my mom passed away. But really, <laughs> I had I already knew everything in my head and everything I had been taught told me to pray, pray for her recovery. But when I got down into my heart and I began praying from my heart, instead of prayers of God, bring my mom back, God, touch my mom's body. No, I started praying prayers of release. God, I'm releasing my mom. I know she was ready to go. My mom did not want to be unhappy in this body and in this life anymore. So I'm asking, I'm, I'm releasing her. I'm asking that you will take care of my mom. That's when I got into my heart instead of my mind. My mind was like, no, no, no devil. No, no. When you get into your heart, that's where the real prayer happens. So how do we pray? We pray for open eyes. We pray out those things that we see. We pray beyond our needs. We pray our desires. And we deal with the stuff that pops up to block our sight. So we're not praying just from our heads. We are practicing prayer so that we can understand how to become cunning prayers or skillful prayers that pray from the heart. This is why I coach. I coach because I am fully aware that your internal harmony needs to be intact so that you can see beyond your needs, so that you can express the authentic you and create wealth through your business ventures, through your lifestyle ventures, and through connecting with your true tribe that will support your life and your business success. Trauma, shame, low self-esteem all come to affect your heart's ability to see. And that affects 
your ability to pray well, to connect with the greater. Your heart's capacity to produce is limitless. You have an unquenchable appetite for it. That's why you get frustrated when you don't produce what you know you were born to produce. Hey, Queen, if you enjoyed listening to this podcast, you have to join me for I Queen Up University. It's where we dive deeper into all of this information and we make it our way of life and business progress. Go to iqueenup.com and click on Work with LaShawn. It's time to get insight for your queen tings. You are loved. You are loved.